You are listening to the forecast from Four Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. Haven't we before? Now then, Marnie and West Ham are in trouble here. It's Marnie and it's Salah. These two can devastate a team. It's Mo Salah for Liverpool. It's 1 0 to Liverpool. As soon as you saw that it was those two breaking over halfway, you just knew what the outcome would be. And Liverpool broke from a corner and scored. Now they have themselves a corner, which Salah will take. Oh, it's come off the goalkeeper, and it's in by Joel Matip, and Liverpool have scored again. It's beyond Carroll, it's towards Lanzini, lovely take, Lanzini and West Ham United have themselves a goal and a route back into the game. Well, here's Firmino, oh, space, Oxlade-Chamberlain, big save by Hart, but Oxlade-Chamberlain isn't to be denied again. Liverpool have restored their lead. In an instant. Firmino. Oh, he's taking it down beautifully. And Firmino's in on goal. Oh, well, he made it just about for himself. And he's so annoyed that he didn't finish it for himself. Mane. And here's Salah. Touch. Shot. Brilliant. Outstanding goal by Mohamed Salah. And that wraps up the game for Liverpool. He makes it look so easy at times. Fellow Reds, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Um, thanks for joining us. And we have quite a lot on our plate tonight. Uh, we've had some nice games that we can talk about. We've got uh, a fight night uh, with the Parson Move Pod guys. That's going to be a good one to come from. And we've got a nice game, uh, a nice result from the weekend to talk about. So on this side, you've got you've got myself, Mental. You've got Christian. Say hi, Christian. Hi. Say hi, Vez. Hi. Say hi, Eric. Hi. And we may have Jason popping in on us. And uh, over on the dark side, we have the boys from the Partial Move uh, pod. Um, Mark, do you want to introduce your guys and tell us where you, uh, where we can find you and things like that? Okie dokie. Well, over here, I've got myself, uh, Mr. Mark Dye. Uh, Moose sitting beside me, Mr. Andrew Fairbrass. Good evening, everybody. And uh, on the end, uh, Mr. Brian Nash. Cheers, nice to be here. And in a in a remote location, which shall not be revealed, Mr. Kevin Biggs, a notorious Kev. Hello. Hello. Um, nice. So yes, we, we, we've actually been going a fair while, but we've we've relaunched recently after a bit of a hiatus, um, and I think we're now into this will be episode eleven of this season. Um, so we're pretty much pass and move 
everywhere. On Twitter, it's Pass and Move Pod. On Facebook, uh, if you look up Pass and Move, you can find us. And our website isn't actually going yet. And we've been using those two for, for everything else and getting to heated debate with lots and lots of people. That's always right. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I think we'll have a, probably have a bit more of that um, when we come to the Henderson and the, 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 the little fight night pod that we'll have there. Um, so with that, with that introduction, introductions done, we'll go into uh, talking about the weekend and what a nice weekend it was. So, an excellent game for us at the weekend. Very, very pleasing. Some really good field factor stuff going on. Um, uh, interesting last couple of games. So, there's a bit, little bit to talk about here uh, with uh, what we've been doing and good results we're getting. Um, Eric, do you want to give us your uh, give us your feelings about the game on the weekend? Well, they're absolutely terrible. I thought they're absolutely, absolutely terrible. So, it, it really helps to that we get ourselves into a rhythm after a, a well, result-wise, uh, a, a few torrid weeks to get a week with three wins, ten goals, uh, only concede one, um, which was an okay goal to concede. Yeah, Gomez should have done better. Uh, a terrible new one in the in the player ratings, but um, um, overall, the goal in itself was, was very, very good as well. So, um, I thought we played well. We played a bit differently. Um, mainly because we didn't have Henderson. Um, you, you had Wijnaldum and, and Chan drop, dropping pretty deep, and with the pace of Mane and, and Salah, we um, yeah we find all these pockets of spaces in, in, in behind them. Um, so we could yeah we could lure them out a bit and then uh, hurt them where they, uh, we could hurt them the most. And, and for once in, 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 in weeks, we've been absolutely ruthless in front of goals, especially with the first few chances that we got. So I really like that bit. Um, so, yeah, good game. Four goals. What's not to like? Yeah, that was excellent. It was excellent, wasn't it? Four goals is great when you, when you, when you hear that. Um, Mark, um, it, it was interesting. We were ruthless. We have been quite ruthless with our goal scoring. Um, so, how did, you, how did you feel after the game, and uh, what did you think about about the fact that we seem to be scoring reasonably freely again? Well, I mean, one of the lovely things to see once again was the the, the money that's proved to be a really, really wise investment. I think in Mo Salah, um, I think that's 15 goal involvements. I think Opta had said in all competitions this season, and 12 goals and three assists. And I'm I'm struggling to think. Of a, of a manager that's got better goals for value money in the league so far this season. I think we've got a remarkable buy there. Uh, what's going to turn out to be a very, very, very good price. Um, and it, he's looking absolutely fantastic. And of course, you know, once again, it was very, very obvious to see the, the difference that Mane made in the side, the, the way that he absolutely, uh, you know, he carried the ball the length of the pitch, immediately, immediately put opposition teams under under pressure from the off uh, and he just gives us something I mean you know with those guys and that pace in the side we're always going to trouble teams so if we can get that defensive side of things sorted out with those two uh, you know the future is looking fairly bright at the moment uh, personally I, I think Mane has a, a, a touch of the not the same player but a touch of the fear factor that Luis Suarez mm. used to carry for Liverpool Mane terrifies the opposition 
probably at the moment more than Salah does. Yep. Um, although that reputation will probably change. Um, the, the, you, you see the opposition try and double up on Mane. They 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 drop a defensive midfielder to try and cover Mane. Um, and that was obviously playing without Coutinho as well. Uh, I thought it was a very, very impressive performance. I was very, very impressed by the decision to go to 4-4-2, um, which completely took West Ham, um, uh, you know, unexpectedly uh, took West Ham by, by chance. And for me, the highlight of the whole performance was as much the, the four goals was I thought Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was superb. Mm. And he, he's for you know his first full Premier League debut. I thought he was excellent. He did well, Brian. You were going to say something. Uh, there, well, I have to agree with what was just said earlier by our friends on the other side. There, uh, we shouldn't really get too carried away. Whilst we were ruthless, Leicester or West Brom or someone else could have done that to West Ham. They were appalling. Mm. They were really, really poor. And uh, feel a bit sorry for Billet. You know, he, he's he's taking the brunt of it. And uh, the players don't seem to have the same passion that he has. No, no. And who are they going to get in to solve that problem? The Moisire. The Moisire, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wonderful to see him go down. We actually won. It's got to be really galling, isn't it, when you're a West Ham fan and you're told that you're, not only is your manager David Moyes, but his assistant manager's Phil Neville. I mean, that's a win double, isn't it? <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. You know, what could be what could be better news than, than hearing that David Moyes has been appointed to, you know, West Ham United and getting Phil Neville as the assistant? It's just like that's jackpot stuff, isn't it? I think I think you made one really good point there at the start, Mentor. I, I, I was just going to say that even though Nash, you know, was very true with his point, saying that they are a poor side. You mentioned at the start, or uh, I think maybe uh, was it Christian mentioned it that you know it's allowed us to get a kind of rhythm and flow going, and, and maybe we were talking about it in this in this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Maybe Klopp is starting to learn something about himself as well. He's trying a few different things. Maybe he's you know he's realising that he does need to change a few things around, and instead of going gun ho completely all the time, he's realising that you know to have any kind of success in this league, he's going to have to change his old his old ways a bit. Yeah, Vez, what did you think about the whole formation thing? Well, that 4-4-2 was certainly surprising. Uh, what I think also impacted the, the, the West Ham defence was the fact that, uh, I don't know if you really noticed that, but Oxley-Chamberlain and Salah often rotated positions. Yeah. Uh, Salah started started further ahead, and and Oxley was wide on on the right side. But you could see often Oxley is our most advanced player, with Salah then dropping to to cover in midfield, and they just couldn't keep track with with those switches at times. And when you have on the other side Mane and Firmino, who also I mean Mane likes to cut inside and run through the middle. You have Firmino who makes that those diagonal runs. They were just all over the place. It was brilliant. And I'd say that 99% of the, the features of, of Liverpool's game worked perfectly in this game. I mean, we had uh, one moment of, of madness from Mignolet and we had a few shaky moments from Gomez that are due to his youth, I'd say. I think he will learn and he will, he will learn how to, to cut those things out of his game. Uh, Apart from that, everything was spot on perfect. And of course, you can only you can only beat what's put in front of you at the end of the day, can't you? Oh, oh, cliche, yeah. cliche count. There's Sorry. a cliche yes. number one. Cliche count. <laughs> bad, bad. 
<laughs> That's your round. <laughs> oh, um, Christian, how did you get on? Uh, what did you think of the game? Well, it's, it, it hasn't been that easy. <clears throat> uh, it, was, it wasn't that easy, and um, it could have gone very much the other way if uh, Ayu uh, would have scored in the ninth minute. I mean, that was a huge chance, and um, West Ham was quite good um, until we had this, this fantastic counter, which was, in fact, simple. It was just about pace and doing the right things in the right moment. And um, so it was a bit uh, shaky in the first 20 minutes. And um, further to that, okay, we scored four, four goals, and it wasn't... In the end, a very convincing win, and it could have been seven or eight in the end. But during the game, I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but we were a bit sloppy in the passing. Many passes didn't reach uh, the um, the appropriate player, and um, could uh, were intercepted. It was um, we were not at our best, but it was good enough to beat that side. And West Ham folded in; uh, they gave in very quickly. Um, I think. Before half time, they were already beaten, and the spell they had in the first 50 minutes of the second half, there was a lot of despair in that, and I don't understand why we were a bit, yeah, lacked a bit of confidence and composure in that period. But in fact, after after the first two goals, um, the game was through. Yeah, and um, uh, Moose. There's a few things that have come out of that. Um, we were ruthless, but I think Brian mentioned that we shouldn't get carried away given the level of the opposition. Um, but the opening period of the game, uh, it was kind of, it was pretty turgid in the middle of the pitch. No one seemed to be able to get any real rhythm going. Uh, they got a, they got a, a deflection, I think it was, which gave them a, a, quite a big chance, um, which reminded me of the chance that we got for our opening goal against Huddersfield. You know, we got a deflection, but uh, it fell perfectly for Sturridge and, and he... You know, he is a, a great finisher, as we know. Um, uh, so, I mean, where, where do you sit on this? We're, we're, uh, do we have to temper expectations? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, so, I'm not so down as Brian, which is unusual because I normally am. Um, uh, but no, I, I saw that as a, 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 a very positive result. Um, I found um, it really odd. Well, I always seem to have gone to Mecco here. I do apologise. Um, we, um, I, as I say, I found it a very positive result. But for me, the, the biggest factor that came out of it wasn't so much the, the overall result, but was the overall performance. I think it was turgid for the first 20 minutes because West Ham expected us to come out of the traps at them, and we didn't. We sat there, and I think they, 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 they actually had no idea how to deal with, with the gameplay that we set up on. And because we didn't go a, a heavy metal football, to use Jurgen's phrase, because we sat and we took assessment of West Ham and we took assessment of their formation, we took assessment of what they were trying to do. Yes, we did let IU in. It was a lucky deflection. But to be honest with you, I think if they'd scored that, we'd have scored five, to be completely honest. They, they were as bad as you can be. I've got some friends, very close friends, who are West Ham supporters, and, and they actually said that that hurt to be there. That hurt. We we've got a, a regular contributor called Bob Ballard, who's a sports commentator. Uh, and the message I got from him as the final whistle went was, "Don't, just don't." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, I've heard, heard Bob Ballard actually. But um, that's uh, <laughs> what what I'm a bit confused about is how come they're not used to this? 
I felt like the maths at the end when you could have played where's Wally or where's the West Ham supporter in the end, really, couldn't you? Because there were more Liverpool supporters in the stadium at the end than there were West Ham fans. I have to say, I thought that, I thought that was a bit poor. I mean, even if your team is in dire straits, it looks so bad to see so many people going so early in the game. And I just can't imagine that happening at Anfield, can you? No, no. I mean, you, you don't get many sultans of swingers walking out on us, do you? <laughs> <laughs> My, there was at one time when we lost to, to Crystal Palace I think it was Klopp's third or fourth game in charge where he said he felt alone when we yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we see it I don't think I think it was I don't know like seven or eight minutes before the game ended yeah yeah it was. that's right he went he did berate them you're actually right yeah he berated them afterwards didn't he about that yeah just on that was, subject, very briefly, I've got that's one of my favourite Klopp memories. That game when two press conferences later, and they asked him something, and he went, "You know what? I'm still annoyed about effing Crystal Palace." I think that's what his words were. We lose to fucking Crystal Palace. You know, he was exactly. annoyed, wasn't he? Yeah, he's not afraid of an f bomb or a shit in the middle. There is a. Lovely. Uh, and he goes out for a fag, doesn't he? With a little bit of luck, uh, both Palace and um, and West Ham will go down. Yeah, oh. and Uncle Roy taking them down, that tragedy, wouldn't it? It'd be a tragedy, wouldn't it? Moyes and yeah, Hodgson yeah. taking two teams down, you couldn't have a better Christmas. Of course, you haven't even mentioned you haven't even mentioned the bitters in there, have you? No, no I was, I was, I was going there. <laughs> That's the absolute yeah. icing on the cake. Seeing Palace yeah, go down, watched. West Ham go down, and on the last day, Everton will not make it. How, how brilliant! <laughs> you know, um, before Brian's just going to mention the bitters, aren't you, sir? No, no, we leave the bitters alone. We give them enough stuff over it. It's just the uh, it's been very amusing to watch the. Uh, the bubble of enthusiasm slowly deflate to, uh, you know, we're looking at Fat Sam as odds on. And the uh, school of science look like they're about to revert to being the dogs of war again as they were under Joe Royal. That's telling your souls of the devil, isn't it, going for Fat Sam? Well, uh, the other thing, of course, guys, of course, is we are becoming the sacking machine. Because we've got rid of Finnich, we've got rid of AVB, we've got rid of Moyes. We think we got rid of Ancelotti, from what we can remember rightly as well. But there is a history of us putting the final nail in people's coffins at Liverpool as well. Mourinho as well. Mourinho, of course. Yeah, of course. Oh, how could I have forgotten that one? Magic number five, five times. That's quite a crown, getting shot of Mourinho, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing, but he's, he's he's just like a recurring nightmare. He never quite goes away, does he? He's always no. come come back again, which yeah, is just so. Be great if we could get him sacked like again, and, and if they rehired Moyes and 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 uh, Neville. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a dream. For you. <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering if you've got Fat Sam and Moyes battling it down there if there's enough buses to park someone will be on to National Express uh, yeah we've got Alex away what have you got you need about three or four but, uh, but have we have we cracked the, uh, the the park bus I mean they're never going to be easy but 
you know, we're playing these uh, this last couple of games, these last few games, we've been playing these sides that are generally difficult to break down. That they start, they they had started to just give us the ball and say, "Go on then, yeah, you you do something, you you break us down. We're not going to bother playing football." And here we are, for getting putting goals in. You know, not one or two, but you know, three nils and four nil, four ones. So, have we actually come very close to solving the bus problem? Kev, why didn't you take that one, mate? Yeah, I think it's a um, very, very valid question. Uh, I think the what benefits Liverpool, especially at the weekend, was having Mane and Salah. Because um, one one of them will be marked by two players. Uh, you can't have two players on both, um, which will leave uh, Firmino, Coutinho, Lallana when he's fit. Um, basically leaves them an acre of space. Um so as long as those two are playing, I think there's going to be goals galore. Uh, I, I think that the, the, the current defences will be absolutely terrified, as Moose uh, rightly said, of uh, either Mane or Salah or both bombing down the flanks or bombing up the centre uh, straight at them. Um, and when you've got someone like Firmino or Sturridge waiting for the ball, um, yeah, I just think there's going to be a lot of goals in this. Um, let's just hope that it's not leaked at the other end. That's where the biggest issue is for me. It's funny what you just said there, uh, Kev. I'm wondering if that's what Lalana should have his name changed to, Lalana when he's fit. <laughs> you know, a few more letters on the shirt. Um, along, along with his brother Sturridge and Oxlade should be fit. Well, you know, there was obviously, lads, and we're going to talk about this later, There was, uh, there's been a notable absentee in most of these games. Um, most of these games that have seen us finally managed to crack the lock of the, the bus parking and and you know having someone like an aging warhawks who was man of the match in a couple of the games as well um and a midfielder in in, in young ox who, who shows what it's like to drive from that position out there so i just i can't quite put my finger on what no. the what the connecting factor is and no. all that can you no <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, I, I think it's very interesting that these games we've been uh, uh, um, holding back and just preventing the, uh, the other team from doing anything, whereas previously we were just trying to dominate and completely overwhelm them. Um, and it, it's kind of made the goals much a much more relaxed affair. We're kind of breaking and scoring. It's yeah. um, I mentioned the counter-attack, uh, the West Ham presser. Um, so it's just it's a change in emphasis, it seems to me. It looks quite deliberate. And it's paying dividends as well. So uh, I, suppose, I suppose the only the only the only time we'll tell for sure again is when we we play another big club that's not United uh, uh, with a park bus, perhaps you know someone who's actually going to now he's now he's realised his mistake. M- maybe maybe it'd be it'd be great if we could play Spurs again. Wouldn't no, it? Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea will be the test because Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea the way Conte's playing at the moment, Chelsea are a big team. They're a solid team, and they won't come at us. Chelsea yeah. will wait for us to make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's been trying. Klopp has been trying to be quite aggressive with our playing style. Very high centre backs, and it's been, you know, we've been falling short. We've been making stupid mistakes. You know, our defenders just unable to manage an offside line. Um, protection not really there from midfielders because they're just too high up the pitch. Really, no fullbacks anywhere. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see if we if we. Um, if we do a lot less of that now, and we're just much more conservative in our approach, simply to uh, to because we can't guarantee we'll cut these mistakes out. I disagree um, with that because we didn't have 
really have an issue with that formation. We didn't have an issue with that very aggressive um, high fullback style of club. The issue was that we had so many 100% opportunities which we simply didn't take. That's a That's completely true. different problem. If we had t taken at least the minimum of those chances, we wouldn't discuss any sort of elite issues with club system. Absolutely it's not. Absolutely not. It is true, but uh, I'm just wondering if the fact uh, us being much more clinical and ruthless is down to the fact that we're a bit more relaxed in our style, rather than trying to go hell for leather at them from minute one. We're just a bit more relaxed and picking our moments, um, particularly on the counter. Uh, and that's just making the goal scoring a lot easier than when we're trying to bombard and assault the other the other side. So I would, I would, say, next, I would say 16 goals against us. I know five were, were, were City and four were Tottenham. But 16 goals against us show that the system doesn't work. Um, I know there's a lot of individual errors, and so, so, but individual errors come because the players are put under pressure. So I, I would say that, um, that, that, that the system change will hopefully have a very, very positive effect. I think you're quite right there, Mentor. I think that they, they were more relaxed going forward because they weren't absolutely fucking terrified that the ball was going to be coming straight back at them. And if it did, there wasn't two centre-halves sitting there with a reasonably non-effective pressing midfield in front of it without Lalana. So I think the changing system bred the confidence and bred the, the as you said quite rightly said it made that that whole back line look more relaxed i mean one moment of madness aside and fuck knows what he was doing that's probably the second half Mignolet looked a totally different goalkeeper to the guy that played at spurs yeah yeah and this is one of the things i really like about Klopp is uh, i just feel like we've got a manager there who works things out he'll, he'll be patient he'll let people continue and try and get a rhythm try and get things working but he does work out solutions, and you see that with his transfer targets, and you see that with his tactics. So, I, I feel that's why I feel so good about having him at the club. Brian, you were going to make a point there. Yeah, what you were saying there about not going gung ho from the off. Maybe that's uh, the realization the Klopp has finally worked out that there's no easy games in this league, and you can't steamroll at anyone. So maybe in the first ten minutes, let's let's see what the, they've got. And let's see if they can threaten us. And you know, I think that there's a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't think Pep Guardiola's got that message yet. But um, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as long as we keep knocking in three or four goals a game, I'm not too fast. But when you've got the when you've yeah, got when you've got, when you've got a King's ransom to pay your wage bill, it's not quite so bad, is it? Um, isn't it? Isn't it FSG? Pocketing all the money and running back to America with it, isn't that? All oh, 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 controversial, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, a great, a great result, and uh, so we'll bring the the game recap to to an end there, um, and we will move on to the fight night section of the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Y'all ready for this? 
So now we're moving on to the next part of uh, this evening's festivities, and uh, this is our little uh, fight night with the boys from uh, Fields of Anfield Road. So uh, welcome, guys. Good to uh, good to speak to you and have you on board. And what we're going to be talking about, uh, listeners, is we've all been talking about Jordan Henderson for the past what feels like six months now, when it's only real in real- reality been uh, a couple. But um, we know we've got some different opinions on that, and we thought we'd like to bring the two podcasts together to uh, to actually debate that a bit. So, uh, guys from, uh, from from Fields of Anfield Road, if you'd like to just introduce yourselves quickly for us, that'd be fantastic, and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Menfield. There's a leading question. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all right, I'm Eric. How are you guys? I'm Vess. And I'm Christian. Thanks, guys. And over at this end, uh, we have... Uh, this is Nasha. This is Moose. And uh, it's Mark again here. So, And this is Kev. And Kev, you're, you're there somewhere else. Where are you, Kev, tonight? <clears throat> I am in, in the, uh, the foreign fields of Croydon. Ah. He's spying on Sevilla. Aren't you, Kev? Yeah. He's been out. Been out. Yeah, yeah. That's that's been out for dinner with Boy again. Oh fuck off! I mean, no. Well, we're uh, we're we're spread around a bit. We've got Christians over in Germany, um, Eric's over in Holland, I'm in London, and uh, uh, Vez is. Where are you in Croatia, Vez? No, no, I'm in Serbia. Serbia, sorry, oh God. Well, luckily, luckily that isn't a touchy subject. <laughs> no animosity between those. He's he's quitting quitting in the morning now. Are you not in Germany? I'm uh, here's Chris, and uh, I'm not in in Germany actually. I'm in a squeezed in a way too way too small hotel room in uh, southern Holland. Uh, and he usually. You never told me you were going to have Jurgen Klopp on your panel. That's a bit unfair, isn't it? <laughs> it only in disguise. Only in disguise. <laughs> so no, um, yeah, make sure you get the laugh right. Yeah. So uh, we over at Four. We started two years ago now, um, doing a bit on on um, uh, writing a bit on 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 the games. We we started the website. Um, many of us came over from. Um, the This Is Anfield website, um, where we thought that the comment section started really to get really, really toxic. So um, we decided to do our own stuff with uh, hookers and blackjack, and um, so we started to do that. And uh, at some point, we um, uh, a couple of guys got together, started a pod, and um, well, we're well into our second season now, doing uh, doing okay by ourselves. So. Um, if, if you want to find us, uh, we're at uh, foresight.com. That's F O A R site.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, which is also foresight, uh, and Facebook, which is, well, you could guess foresight. Um, so, um, uh, you well, get a foresight when you organize it, those, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if there's, if there's going to be hookers and blackjack, I'm handing in a transfer request. <laughs> <laughs> If there's going to be hookers and blackjack, we've got three to replace you. We kind of do like uh, the wool things, like uh, uh, the Norwegian guys uh, who support Everton. That's kind of what we do for uh, for LFC. So uh, I'm sorry, you're too close. You you actually go to matches without um, uh, us wearing half and half scars and, and using. Ah. 
selfie sticks on on iPads and what have you. Yeah. Yeah. All, sacrilege. All, all the sacrileges of the modern game you've just mentioned there. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had one of the one of the guys is a regular contributor in our uh, Facebook group. Uh, put a picture, Austin. He put a picture in. Uh, I think it was Austin, wasn't it? Yeah. On the Facebook group last week, and he, he put something about I've got had this melt standing in front of me the whole game, and the picture had this guy had just been on his phone recording the game instead of watching it. Incredible. Have your own highlights. There's nothing better than watching the game through a three-inch screen. Yeah, is there? No. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, it's happened in right in front of you. It's it's incredible, really. I'll I'll never understand that bit. Wherever you go, and you just I'm here to record. What just watch the game, sing a song, get into their faces, you know. Um, turn you guys a new one. Get involved. Get involved. Yeah. Yeah. All right, chaps. Well, look, should we uh, should we crack on with the festivities? Um, yeah, might as well. Okay, and moving on to the fight night section of the pod. So here we've got the, the, uh, the topic, the ever-green topic of Henderson. Um, I think he will always be a divisive character. So I thought it was about time we actually articulated this with a, uh, with a, a, a for and against a debate on the pros and cons of Henderson. And, uh, you know, let the, uh, let the biggest boxer's gloves win, I'd say. Um, so in a debating format, we'll have a, a quick for and against, and then we'll see where the conversation goes. Uh, so, in the red corner, for our captain, Vez, do you want to give us some quick thoughts on Henderson and what he offers us? Well, yeah, I don't know about quick, but I'll give it a go. Uh, well, first of all, we're talking here about a player who has changed his fortunes around when it comes to his Liverpool career. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember... Uh, when Rogers was appointed, uh, he had that list of a few players that he immediately wanted out, and Henderson was one of them. As a very young player, uh, Rogers just didn't see any potential in him, and he wanted to get rid of him. But gradually, Henderson changed his mind, and he became a very important player in a very strong lineup that almost won the title in that 2013-14 season. Um, when you look and at... We were, and we respect Clint Dempsey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that there's quite a difference between the two. Uh, when you look at Henderson as a player, his style and, and technique and stuff like that, you, you will never see any flashy stuff. Okay, maybe rarely when he's feeling extremely comfortable, he will go for that Rabona stuff or crack a shot like and score that a goal like he scored against Chelsea last season at Stamford Bridge but uh, he's not a, a player of the moment he's not that attractive to watch uh, he's not that good on the ball and that's why many people underestimate him uh, but he plays quickly he gets the ball he passes it on so people blame him often for passing sideways stuff like that, uh, not being incentive enough with his passing. Um, that's exactly what's asked of him to do. So he takes the ball, he passes it on, no complications. He will never get caught in possession in his own half. He will never create anything dangerous for his own team. Um, and he will look for that moment 
He has great vision. He has a very good passing range when he spots a runner, when he spots a hole in the opposition defense to aim for from the back, he will send the ball forward and he will create. He will make an assist or he will make a pre-assist, if you will. He's, he, uh, this is why Klopp prefers him in sixth position to, to Emre Can, for example, because... Uh, as we've seen in the game against Spartak in Moscow, uh, the situation that preceded the free kick from which they scored, it, it, he needlessly got caught in possession, Emre Chan in his own half, carried the ball sideways, then backwards, got under pressure, lost the ball. That's something you never see Henderson do. He's very responsible, he plays it quick, he, he keeps it simple, he's aware of his own deficiencies, and... That's what Klopp likes about him, what I like about him. And uh, I feel he is a very useful player. Now, uh, as for his captaincy and his leadership qualities, um, I will allow that we, uh, looking from the outside, don't know what happens in the dressing room, on the training pitch. Uh, Many people talk about him not screaming enough at the referee or, or his team criticizing his teammates uh, when they make a mistake and stuff like that. We don't know what goes on after they leave the pitch. Uh, the fact remains that uh, this is the player um, suggested for the captaincy by Steven Gerrard <coughs> and given that armband by Brandon Rogers, kept as captain by Jurgen Klopp. Uh, even even selected to be the captain of England. There's got to be something in there that maybe we can't see it from the outside. And as standing up on the pitch, we've seen that stare at, at Diego Costa and stuff like that. And he takes uh, heavy tackles. He, he gets fouled a lot. We all remember what Ross Barkley did to him last season in the Merseyside Derby. Uh, he, he takes a hit for his team. Good. Thank you, Doug. Right. Um, so what we'll do is we'll move over to the pass and move guys uh, and get their quick summation on uh, on why they want to, would would not fight for Henderson's corner. Yeah, hi, Moose. Yeah, I'm going to this one. Um, okay, so the reasons why pass and move wouldn't support Jordan Henderson. Well, we're going to look at it from two angles. We've got an emotive factor. Pass and move is a very emotive show. And we have a st statistical factor. Mark's very much the statistician. So but I'm going to start from the emotive factor. Firstly, my 18-month-year-old son managed 21 consecutive passes with me yesterday. Does he warrant a starting place in the Liverpool side? Probably better than Joe Gomez did yesterday. You mentioned it earlier, but where is the player that stared down Diego Costa? Because I don't see that heart from Jordan Henderson anymore. You mentioned he get fouled, gets fouled a lot. Yeah, he gets fouled a lot because he's often caught in possession of the ball because I don't think he does play it quickly. I think he dallies on the ball too much. Where's the player whose red card against Chelsea cost us the league, in my opinion? Not Gerard Slip. Henderson's red card against Chelsea Sorry. setting City. The, the balance of the side. For me, that's what cost us the game. 
cost us the title. He was a very, very important player. He's not a very important player anymore. Yeah, he's the club captain. I think he gets a shirt because he's the club captain. I think if you, he was kept as club captain by Klopp to keep some form of continuity when Klopp came in because he didn't really want to rock the bloat. You mentioned he's changed his game around. Yeah, he had. I thought when he joined, he was an absolute liability. The first incarnation of pass and move. Henderson used to get coated for absolutely everything. But he went to be, for me, our most important player in the championship season. I think he's turned around 180 degrees and he's now staring at obscurity again. His worldy goals, like the one you mentioned against Chelsea, long dried up. Hendo was a dog at his best. He was a box-to-box presser. He's now a watered-down Ray Wilkins. In fact, he's a sugar-free Ray Wilkins because there's nothing sweet about his performances. Leadership qualities, who would you want in the trenches for you? Harry Kane or Jordan Henderson? Uh, And let's look now, finally, what other teams in the top six would he get into? Because he certainly wouldn't get into City. He certainly wouldn't get into Chelsea. He wouldn't get into United. He wouldn't get into Tottenham. He might get into the Arsenal eleven in place of someone like Aaron Ramsey or a failing Jack Wilshire. So if he's not good enough to get into any of those teams, right, why should he be Liverpool captain? That's our that's our emotional argument against Jordan Henderson. Well, there's there's, a, there's quite the opening statement there. I had visions of Joe Fetchy in uh... <laughs> 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 we have, we have, maroon jacket <laughs> my, my cousin Bigsy will be taking up the case very shortly as well <laughs> okay right excellent excellent two great opening statements and the gloves are definitely out so um, now we've got we've actually got a very interesting situation at the moment because we've just had two games Huddersfield where he did play and we had a very ponderous first half um, the West Ham game where he didn't play and um, and, uh, you know, we did pretty well in the West Ham game. So there's there's a very, very current context where he's had... You've asked a question there, haven't you? <laughs> I think we finished it there. <laughs> still, still a turgid opening half of the first half. And we didn't really know uh, how to control the midfield, I didn't think, at the beginning of it. Um, so, uh, Eric. Yeah, I'll have uh, a go. Because emotions are nice. Emotions are always nice. Um, to feel because well we're we're fans of the game and and we like that but if you start to sprout bullshit it's bullshit there's no two ways about it if we take a look at he loses possession in his entire career and that's 289 games now he's been dispossessed one point zero point eight times per game if we look at Fernandinho the maestro from uh, Manchester City he gets dispossessed once every game so he doesn't get dispossessed at all because Kevin De Bruyne loses it 1.7 fair enough he plays further forward takes more risks fair enough 70% of all his passes are forward and there's an absolute brilliant game that we've just played this week and it was against Maribor in the first 20 minutes we couldn't wear them down we couldn't find any openings um, we tried the long diagonal balls when all of them tried to 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 find a different way because that's the way how you do it and then Jordan Henderson comes on he doesn't do the the long balls the long winding terribly slow balls to, to get to the other pitch no he passes it 40 50 yards across the, the surface of the pitch using the pace of it and 
the speed of the game went up instantly and that's what he brings to this team last season in the first part he was absolutely vital in the way that we play he got um, both our fullbacks into the game he got Milner into the game really quick he had a lot of contributions early on um, same goes for Klein uh, he gets an assist in his very first game from a pass from Jordan Anderson well, but, but you're talking about last season there let's stick to this season okay because this season isn't last season no, last, no, you, last... We, we're talking about the player aren't we we could talk about Michael Owen when he was first at the club and, 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 and you know how a player went off and you can talk about other players' seasons beforehand. Yeah, but, but Michael talking, Owen is long talking, gone, and we are talking about Jordan Henderson. And yeah, but we're uh, about, we're even about, even we're about Jordan even Henderson right think. now. I mean, with 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 him with him uh, in the side in the side we uh, uh, these stats are from a, a, a pal of mine, Simon Brundish. We concede 1.35 goals per game, and every time he's out of the side, it's 1.13. Okay. Um, also, when when he when he plays, yeah, um, but why is that? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Why is that? Why is that? Who plays when he doesn't play? Like last, well, be, no, like like So you're looking at the, the midfield available. That doesn't that's that doesn't change the, the statistic. No, that, and you can make stats read anything. Doesn't change the statistic that when he doesn't play, we concede less goals. Yeah, because what. What does Klopp do? He puts Emre Chan and Wijnaldum in a holding midfield role over the weekend. He tells them, don't go too far up. I don't want you in the box. We haven't seen Wijnaldum nor Chan near the box in the, in the entirety of the first half. But we were playing a 4-4-2 as opposed to a 4-3-3 yeah. in that instance. So yeah. I, I think that yeah. sort of negates the argument. So we've already we agreed that the 4-4-2 the, helped us. When he so doesn't, on, when he doesn't, guys. when he doesn't play Henderson, he plays two midfielders to do exactly. the exact same job exactly. that Henderson does. So you, exactly, and that obviously leaves you more exposed because you got one player in front of the ball more than you usually do. I'd rather are two players playing well than one player not playing well at all. I mean, his is There's a big problem with statistics. You'll find that statistics with the bullshit all mixed in the same cereal bowl. So you can't have to do a bit of work to separate them out. That's uh, that's a definite. <clears throat> but then, but then, if you want, if you want to even those out, you know, how many times? And you can't argue with this. You can because you used to statistics there saying, oh, he's played the balls forward seventy percent of the time. Um, I'm not sure about that. But how many times have we seen Henderson play that pass backwards instead of perhaps pass the ball positively up the pitch? Well, um, in a way, when he really does that's that's thirty percent. When he, but but he but he does it. Yeah, but you look at him and you look at other players in that position. Sorry, Moose, you were going to say something. Yeah, oh, a forward pass into Coutinho's feet to receive it back because Coutinho's got his back to goal isn't a forward pass. It's it a It's a forward oh, pass. Alonso used to do that to Gerard and it would go back again to Alonso. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, that, it's, that's it's a forward pass in name only. It's a forward pass. It's a forward pass. It's not a forward pass with a decisive end to it. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a it's a pass to allow a bit of time and they get some movement going so you can then do something. I don't but think. Invariably, I think what what generally happens, and you know, if you look at the match of the day clips and things this season, and particularly you know some of the other ones I've looked at, when Henderson does that and he sprays it backwards, where let's just say if he was a little bit more clued up and more skillful with the ball to his feet. He might turn and face and try and create something. You know, he can't. He's not a dribbler. 
he doesn't like to turn and face and try and, and move forward himself. There are so many situations where when he actually passes that ball backwards, what he does at that at that point is where he could have created a moment, let's just say, for us to go forward. That pass backwards and giving that time allows the other team to then reset in two banks of four or however they play. It allows them On the other hand, he has created a lot from his, from his passing, incisive passing from, from range. Yeah, but you how know, often do we see that? We see that once in the blue moon. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll give you in an instant that he can't do a take on. That is his absolute only thing that he's not good at, except for shooting from range on target. When it's on target, it's it's a high conversion rate. But he can't find the goal. But um, his take on rate, his take on rate is absolutely horrible, and he shouldn't do that or train on it a whole lot more. Um, Which is probably why he releases the ball a lot. Um, but what, what you're arguing for, you uh, guys, um, uh, Moose and Mark, is you're arguing for our deepest line player to stay on the ball and carry it. No, no. We're arguing. I'm arguing for our personally. Um, we're having a Brian in on this shit or Kevin in on this. I'm arguing for our deepest line player to be a player that the opposition take take some sort of fear of. I'm arguing for our player to be. Kante, Naby Keita, for a player that 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 can actually influence the game by being negative. Jordan N- Henderson Naby Keita is in the defensive midfield by being negative. Those can, players terrify the opposition uh, because they're always around them. Naby Keita will play in the number eight for us. They're very different players, though, so you can't really lump them together. I don't think, but um, but. Um, uh, sorry, what what is it? Just say again. What is it you see the most important thing that he should do? I, I, well, I, I, I would go about go back to what you said before about his leadership qualities. I think uh, losing Lucas, uh, who was a big personality in the dressing room, who'd been there for a long time, mm. we needed a real leader, and I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's the guy to take us on. He. He's not the type of player who I think inspires others the way other good Liverpool captains have done in the past. Um, and with regards to his playing, I don't want to dig dig out a professional footballer, but attack the space. You've seen Matip overtake him and run into space, and that's for me is his biggest is the biggest criticism. When the space is in front of him, he won't move into that space, and especially when you got the likes of Mane and Salah running off him. Who are taking players away from space as soon as they're running, and he never he always looks for the easy ball. I I, I just I, I'd like to see him attack it because he's got some legs on him. It's not like he's he's not fit enough to do that. But just, again, again, the point I made just uh, just a few uh, a minute or two ago. Do you want your deepest player to be carrying the ball forwards? No, my argument is I don't want Jordan Henderson to be our deepest player. I don't think he's suited to that role. Um, part of uh, uh, part of my, and again, I, I, I don't want to dig the player out the same as, as Brian did. I don't think he, he's personally cut out to do that role, which is why I think he looks like he's performing poorly. It's not his natural game, and I, I think there are other people in there that, that, well, that could possibly do the job better. I think if I remember rightly, is you know, in terms of those interceptions we were talking about, he's actually sort of bang average in terms of that because last season I think he was either 14th or 15th out of the 20 top players. So you could actually argue that, you know, in the interceptions per game, his defensive positioning isn't good enough. How many games did he miss last season? 
what, towards, towards the end of the season, quite a few. But you, those stats are taken on average. The season, he, had, he also had a, a spell out in the first half of the season. Okay, so let's look at about four weeks ago, and you can look it up in our um, uh, our podcast. I think it was episode seven, and he's not played some of the games since then. Okay, we did um, um, we did a little analysis on Jordan. We did an analysis on the top six midfielders from the top six clubs, uh, and at that point. Um, and uh, and pretty much since then, I haven't updated it since then, but I will do. Granite Jacker comes out in most, but in passes, Hendo sat fifth out of six. In tackles, to be fair to him, he sat second after Kante, and oh, Kante, Kante missed Kante. a lot of the games. In touches, he sat fourth out of six. In assists, assists he sat sixth. In shots, he sat fifth. And onwards and onwards and onwards. Which, for the what point of being, is, if he's a bang average footballer in a team where he wouldn't, you know, against uh, that was up against Jacker, Fernandino, Matic, Dyer, and Kante. And that was last season, you see. And that was last season. No, this no, season. That's this All season. Right. That's this season. <clears throat> the, the funny thing is that as uh, a defensive midfielder, he's our third best chance creator after Coutinho and Firmino. So that is clearly what we instruct him to do. No, I'm not debating. Exactly. We instruct him to do it. I'm just. I think he's he loses so much from his game, and at the moment, for me, that doesn't warrant a shirt. I don't see why no. he gets picked in 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 advance of Milner, who could do that job probably just as well, uh, and probably would have better vision, in my opinion, when he's got the ball in there. I think Milner would be a far better choice to sit in there. But I'm not Jurgen Klopp. We don't see them in there all day. This is just my opinion. This is Moose's opinion. I think Henderson is a waste of a shirt, let alone being a waste of an armband. Is, is, he, is he a waste of a shirt because he's not enough of a defensive midfielder, or is he a waste of a shirt because he's not enough of a, a number eight that, that, that creates going forwards? Kev, do you want to take that one? Yeah. Well, I think talking about Hendo being a number eight, he's playing as a number six, and... If you go back to the uh, the season of nearly was, uh, it's it's a totally different position that he's in. Uh, yeah. I agree with Moose that um, th- you know his um, absence in the last few games was far more to do far more with our uh, with our downfall than uh, Gerard's slip. But uh, since um, he's been pushed back and and almost into a, a defensive midfielder, you, you're not seeing even half the player. But even but saying that, pushing him back up into number eight, would you put him ahead of Lalana or Coutinho or Firmino? No. Um, yeah. So why why do you why, why is it the club's moved him back to number six? He took a couple of games to get into that role. He has to, was, he, he's well, playing he's him because he has sure. to. He's the he's the, exactly he's the team captain. You don't come in and immediately say right, you're not the captain anymore because that's totally demoralising to the player and it you know it throws. The, the team into disarray so yeah. he, he number one he has to keep Hendo Hendo I think he's doing just barely enough to scrape by um, but if Henderson had a, a serious injury I think it would be um, to the benefit of the team yeah because he would yeah. go he, he would play with two defensive midfielders that's what um, he would do like he did against West Ham and Banks, Banks on, 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 on the pace from uh, Coutinho Oxlade uh, Mane and, and Salah so we'll play a lot more counter-attacking. One nil Huddersfield, 4-1 West Ham. Yeah, I was going to say, those those two holding, you know, putting those two players in there has actually, sorry, that Neko, has actually worked a treat uh, for us. And again, I think you made a really good point, Mental. Klopp has, you know, one thing we all agree on here is that Klopp has needed to experiment 
And I personally think that without Henderson in the side, when he's when he's done that and he started to play around a little, he's he's starting to feel his way towards what will be a better solution for us. And I, I think, you know, when Naby Keita comes next season, and I don't know what else may happen in midfield, but with the fit Lallana, Henderson won't be in the side. I can't see that. I think he might be alongside him, actually. I mean, he might well play alongside him. But anyway, um, uh, Christian, um, the guys have, uh, have said that he's got a shirt because he's the club captain. And, uh, <laughs> and so do you, do you want to comment on that? Uh, <clears throat> um, if you give me a few seconds uh, without interrupting me, I would like to make some points about that. Um, first no, of all, no um, promises. He's, he is not... <laughs> He is um, in no way a, a waste of the shirt. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, his um, his finest moments come when um, Adam Lallana, Firmino and himself are pressing, winning the ball back and have a little bit of space. And Hendo is the ideal midfielder to take advantage of that for the team because he has a, a, a quick eye for the, for the right solution, for the, for the right decision. His uh, quick passing for and sometimes world-class passing forward sometimes I say I'm not a fanboy of him and we all know that he was not in his best shape at this uh, uh, during, during the start of the season we all know that but his qualities are well were very well known and uh, this is the best thing as I said this pressing situation when you win the ball back and have a little bit of space a little bit of disarray of the of the, the opponent team that is where Hendo can really flourish but can he really um, give the best benefits to the team. Sorry for my English. And um, the problem for Hendo is when there is no gap. When the the, the, the opponent's team, team sits deep and you have to pass the ball around until there is a gap somehow opening. And until that happens, every single player, and you can look at Bayern Munich or at Dortmund or at any other top team, they, even Barcelona, they all have the same issue and no one would call their midfielders uh, a waste of the shirt just because they have to go on side passing. Okay, I was, we were very good. We didn't interrupt. However, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you actually... Thanks, mate. Reinforced I, our I returned the favour. <laughs> <laughs> you, you actually reinforced for me our argument because you've actually said that I appreciate all that you said. I love him as a pressing machine. We don't see it. Uh, I do think he's missing having Lalana in the team for lots of reasons. Because for me, Lalana links the press from the front <laughs> to the midfield as well, and he actually makes Jordan look a better player. In fact, Lalana's value is probably going up by the week by every game that he doesn't play. However, when you said, for example, there that Jordan's um, when when a team sits deep, Jordan looks weaker. Well, we're now Liverpool. And everybody's worked out, and even they they announced it at the start of the West Ham game. The West Ham wanted to try and employ the Spurs method of playing against Liverpool, which was to sit deeper against us and use a counter against us. Unfortunately for West Ham, they don't have any players, whereas Tottenham did have players. Most of the teams we play against are going to sit deeper against us, which means looking at the success of the West Ham result on at the weekend, Jordan doesn't have a place in the team. I think he's got. I think he's. I still would keep him in a Liverpool squad, but I fail to see how he nails down a place in the team when the other players available to us, even before Cater joins us, are fit and available. Oh, fit. 
Could you just please clarify that? You you are saying that if Hendo would have played, we would have lost that game. We no, would have looked sorry. any any way worse than than uh, than without him. Yeah, we would because, for example, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have scored the third goal where Oxlade Chamberlain did. Wouldn't have he wouldn't have role. been in that position, right? Uh, no, neither, you know, he wouldn't have been in that position. And you can argue that Chan might have been playing out there, but we were playing a four-four-two. Okay, we were playing, so he would have been. He would have been Chan. He would have been Wijnaldum. I think Wijnaldum's looked far more dynamic than Hendo guys. Brian would think. It's a problem. It's a problem. Henderson faces at international level as well. I mean, I remember reading in the Telegraph the other week. Uh, I'm trying to think who was writing it. I think my Matt have been Matt Law. And he was saying that, you know, questions remained over what exactly Jordan Henderson offered to the team. You know, his passing was way off the mark. Uh, I think he said he panicked under pressure, looked like he panicked under pressure. And in that instance, I believe it was Winks and Dier who were playing together, you know, been playing together for Spurs. But the whole, inf you know, the inference was that Henderson himself, what does he what does he offer to the team in terms of like the creativity and, and what's he actually doing there? And again, for us, you know, I think there are better players, I think, This season. This season. This season. Yeah. This season, he doesn't, for me, warrant a first start in a shirt. There are players that should start above him this season. Yeah, he's, he's, he has raised a lot of questions this season. He's definitely... He's, he's, he's not doing what he did early last season, where he no, got into... I think, the, I think we all agree on that, don't we? I think we all agree on that. That's, you know, we yeah, agree on the season. But you can argue that as well, who are off form, who were off form... In, in some stage of this season. I mean, you had a period where, where Firmino was quite useless. But yeah. Exactly. The, 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 and also, the, the England <clears throat> really... If a player has one or two games, plays poorly, or, or, or the whole team plays poorly and stuff like that, you, what do you do? Do you, you just cut out everybody and Jordan Henderson with them too? Wijnaldum and Chan have had a terrible season so far. Our midfield has been absolutely pants this season. I mean, it really has <laughs> absolutely abominable. But um, I must say about the England stuff, in the Euros, where we were just a, a creative black hole, uh, Henderson played very little of the Euros. But when he, he came on as a sub, I think, once or twice, um, and he started putting the balls in. And the, the chances that, that came up were, for, were his passes up to the strikers and they just weren't doing anything but they weren't converting or anything um, because we had such a terrible tournament um, I'd agree I with that I think, the criticism, yeah. I think the criticism I really do think he was one of our best midfielders for the limited time he had in those Euros because the others were so abject um, but the, uh, the the thing about the thing about Henderson is he's not quite comfortable on the ball he's very twitchy when he gets on the ball and uh, he's obviously always yeah. had this issue Uh, when he's on the ball, which is why you see him release it so quickly. If there isn't a pass on, what he won't do is dribble it five yards or ten yards so there's new angles and a bit of movement has happened and then make the pass. He will often release it straight away. And people read that as, oh, it's, it's, a, wasted, it's a wasted bit of possession there. There's nothing happening. Um, and that's part of his limitation, really. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't do all of the disciplines of a midfielder, no. where, which is... I think, dribbling and passing. And I think that's what I was just trying to say before, Mental. I, you know, he, it, there are those opportunities where you would be looking for your driving force and captain, no matter where he plays, whether it's Stuart Pearce at left back or, you know, Gary Stevens at right, whoever it is. You want one of those, you want that player to show some drive 
put his foot on the ball, do something with it, rather than just, you know, pan- I think I said earlier on, you know, you're almost agreeing with me there, panic under pressure. He's not comfortable in, in those great ball-playing, you know, midfielders of the past. He's not comfortable in that role. And arguably, yeah. at this level, a club like Liverpool should have a player who is comfortable in that role. And, and that isn't his best position. Let's all face it. Where he's being played now isn't his best position. No. And that means well, he shouldn't. If he's, not goal, if he's not a goal scorer, you can't move him further forwards because the person you move further forwards has got to be a goal scorer, really. You've got to have the ability to, to get seven, eight goals a season. So it's a, it's a tricky one. Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to come back very briefly to the Firmino point, which what I, I call in most debates like that, what about we? Well, we're not on here to discuss Firmino, and everybody does have their shortcomings. I thought we were this was the Jordan Henderson debate, not the Roberto Firmino debate. So I really, I, I agree that everybody has their in and out of form. Everybody's had their ups and downs. Uh, I, I agree with you totally on the comments of Firmino. I wouldn't disagree with that, but we're not discussing him. We're discussing Jordan, and I don't think. That, that, that you can deny personally that Jordan Henderson has gone from being one of the mo- one of the first names onto the team sheet to in, in our opinion at pass and move one of the first names that we should consider leaving out. I don't think you can judge a player overall based on uh, you know so this season he's crap and last season he was good and stuff like that. He's either a good player or he isn't a good player and I don't think that that uh, a good player that that goes off form is immediately a poor player and should be kicked off the team. No, no. But you, here's here's another stat for you quickly. I, and I'm, Kev's probably got a load more. But Jordan averages less tackles than Lucas did in 2014 and 2015, 2016. And at that time, Lucas's stats were actually on a par with Kante. So you could we've traded down. We traded down. You could say. On, on the tackling department, um, Henderson offers a lot more on the ball. His, his passing range from Kante is is much much better. Um, yeah, but let's, let's face his, it. Who would you rather have in your side? I'd pick Ngolo Kante every day of the week over Jordan Henderson. Yeah, if we can swap, if we can swap them now. On the Kante, on the Kante, really quick. Um, if you go back to Euros, Kante was dog shit in a possession based team. He really couldn't match what he did for Leicester. He's uh, an he absolute fighter. He won the title in a possession-based team the following year. Chelsea, Chelsea last year. They weren't possession-based. And he won the title with Chelsea. We shouldn't go off onto Kante. We really shouldn't go off on Kante. But, um, I mean, that was just uh, he's obviously a brilliant player. No doubt about that. But if I, you I play, if you got 70%... If you if you look at Cater, if you look at Zielinski, who we also looked at, um, these players, they 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 dribble and carry the ball and they have a passing range. Um, so I think it's very interesting going forwards because we're obviously getting Cater in um, and I think he'll play a role both um, alongside someone sitting and also going forwards as well. He'll play um, because, he has, because he has multiple skills... Because, yeah, but one of the number eights or, uh, tends to hang back and, and, and help out. Um, but because he has the multiple skills, he has the multiple decision-making to go with it. I think that's that's going to be an interesting thing. And I I wouldn't be surprised if we see another central midfielder being brought because we're going to lose Emre Chan. Now, Emre Chan obviously has decision-making issues. He doesn't have a passing range so much, even though he lets off the occasional very good pass. Um, 
Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we see another central midfielder besides Kesa come in. Um, yeah, but then, heard see, the, see, heard the how, rumors today. Have you heard the rumors today? No. David Silva. Oh come on! I'm not even not even going to touch that one. <laughs> anyway, I think um, if, we, if, we go, if we're going back talking about tackles, I just done a quick calculation. Uh, Henderson this season is down to 2.6 tackles uh, on average every 90 minutes, which puts him uh, alongside Joe Allen and Leroy Fur. Yeah, he's been pants this season. There's no doubt about that. But then our entire midfield has been pants. For know, this season, who scored? Puts uh, who scored? Puts Jordan Henderson on 2.6 per game and Fernandinho on 2.2 and Angolo Kante on 3.4 for what was that for tackles 2.6 that was for... tackles yeah defensively and that is Premier League Champions League and the League Cup no it doesn't it just says Champions League and Premier League 2.6 tackles tackles per game and yeah. Fernandinho is on 2.2 with 1.7 interceptions. Henderson on 1.1 interception. I'll be very interested, very interested to, uh, to wait for the day that Klopp buys an out-and-out defensive midfielder. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very long time. So I don't think he's going to do it. I, I think if he was going to do it, he would have done it by now. And, he, and he, I, don't, I just don't think he's going to do it. He's going to buy... People like Cater who have the ability to play both sides of the halfway line. Now that might leave us exposed because again it might go in towards a more aggressive team that he wants, fast moving the ball very quickly. Um, and, and, and there's talk about Gruitch, and there's, there's a lot of talk about Gruitch being uh, groomed into that position. I he's, hope he's, he's, uh, he's got a lot more steel. He's got a lot more tenacity than than, than Henderson in that role. So um, yeah. I tell you what, that I think that's quite a good place to uh, wrap it up, isn't it? We've 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 kind of yeah. got both sides of the coin there, and someone did just say that he had been pants all season <laughs> <laughs> on the opposition. So, so I think that's throwing the towel. In. <laughs> yeah, but the whole midfield has been pants all season, so it's a it's a it's a little bit of a confused picture, as it always is with football. Um, so anyway. Uh, that was that was excellent. Thank you very much for that. And uh, uh, I think the Henderson question will remain one that's open, even if some people feel that it's uh, a closed case. Uh, I think there'll be a lot more written about it and talks about it yet. Um, so uh, this has been a, a part of the difference for us with having the pass and move guys. Uh, really pleased to have uh, had you guys on for this. Really enjoyed it. Uh, do you want to just quickly say where we can find you? Um, just remind us of the websites and Twitter handles and things. Likewise, well, likewise, yeah, we really enjoyed that, chaps. So, as I said before, we're Pass and Move Pod on Twitter, and if you go to Facebook, it's uh, uh, Pass and Move Discussion Group. Discussion Group. Um, so we're there, yeah, and we, we we've not got the site up yet, which we will have shortly, which will contain videos and all sorts of bits and bobs. So. And you can find us on SoundCloud, and you can find us on iTunes. We're on iTunes and as well. Pass and Move. And, 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 and Nash has just fallen off his chair. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, guys. Right, cheers. 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 Bye. 
Ride, alright 